All right, welcome back to the listener's commentary on the Gospel of Matthew. In this recording, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 43. And recall that we're in the middle of the third large teaching block in the Gospel of Matthew, and Matthew 13 is all about parables concerning the nature of the kingdom of God. And Jesus has come preaching, if you recall from the beginning of the gospel, preaching the good news of the kingdom, saying that the kingdom of God is now arriving in him. Well, here in chapter 13, then, Jesus is setting forth some parables that help us actually understand what the kingdom of God is like. In the immediately preceding section to the one we're going to look at in this recording, Jesus used a parable about planting crops to teach that the kingdom of God is not going to take root and bear fruit in every single heart that hears about it. Some hearts are hard, some are shallow, some are distracted, but there are some good hearts. And when they hear the word of God, they hold on to it, they take it into themselves, and it grows and bears good fruit. And in that context, he also explained one of the reasons why he teaches in parables. And that was to sort out who's who, to sort out, well, what's your heart really after? And what do you really want? Who has a good heart? And that's one of the reasons he teaches in parables. Now, in this section, Jesus will teach another long parable, also from the everyday farming experience of people of that time. And this one teaches another important lesson about the nature of the kingdom. So let's pick up in Matthew 13, verse 24, where it says, Jesus presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. So again, we're picturing farming practices. And you have a fellow out there who is planting crops for the year. He's got a seed bag in his hand or over his shoulder, and it's full of good seed. In this case, it's good wheat seed, and he's throwing that seed, scattering that seed as he's going to plant wheat in his field. But, verse 25 says, while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And so this enemy now is planting some look-alike seed that's going to grow weeds that, at the beginning at least, look a lot like wheat. And verse 26 says, When the wheat had sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds also became evident. Then it was clear that, oh, that's not wheat. And the slaves or servants of that landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? That is, gather up all the weeds, pull them out. But he said, No, while you're gathering up the weeds, you may also uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest, and at the time of the harvest I will say to the reapers, first gather up the weeds, bind them into bundles, burn them, and then go gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Now, Jesus is going to explain this parable below, beginning in verse 36, and so we'll save the bulk of the explanation for him to do it down there. But, even without that, we can make a few observations. First, the kingdom of heaven has an enemy, and that enemy planted wicked, false people, if you will. That's what these represent, right? You have uh, 
the good seed representing sons of the kingdom will learn. And then you have wheat that uh, is false. And so these enemies plant wicked false people among the true one. So the kingdom is going to be intermixed with true and false members up until the harvest. That is clear already without Jesus explaining it to us. So we'll save the rest of the explanation for him to give us down below. Uh, But first, Jesus tells us a couple more parables. So picking up in verse 31, Jesus presented another parable to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a person took and sowed in his field. This is smaller than all the other seeds, but when it is fully grown, it's larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the sky can come and nest in its branches. Now, the mustard seed is about the size of a grain of sand, and it was commonly used in Jewish teaching as an example for its smallness. And so we have to remember that Jesus is speaking uh, generically or generally the way the Jews of his day would talk. He's not trying to be all, you know, like a botanist and speaking with scientific precision about the size of the mustard seed. He's just using it as an example of smallness. And a mustard seed would would, when planted, would grow into a fairly large bush that was 10 or more feet tall. And that's the point. The kingdom of heaven is going to start small, and it's going to grow large. In some ways, this actually subverts the expectations of the day. The expectation was for God's kingdom to show up in power and when in great size, right? To show up big and destroy the Romans and expel them from the land. But Jesus says, here's how it actually works. It's going to start small and it's going to grow slow. And then eventually the birds of the air can come and nest in its branches. Then he spoke another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven, he said, is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three sata of flour until it was all leavened. When he says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, you want to picture like little pieces of sourdough starter. That's what leaven is. It's technically not yeast. It's more like sourdough starter. And so you would take that and you would work that into the dough in order to leaven the dough. And Jesus says here, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid. Now, actually, in making of your bread, you don't really necessarily hide it. But Jesus uses the word that means to hide because he's speaking about how the kingdom of heaven is going to be concealed or it's going to be less than obvious. It's going to be uh, less than conspicuous, not really noticeable, and yet it's going to have a huge impact, in this case, on three sata of flour. This particular version has chosen not to translate this unit of measurement, sata, just leave it for us, apparently so that maybe we would have to guess or do the research to figure it out. Um, And so what is a sata? Well, a sata is about 20 pounds of flour. And so the contrast is between a small little piece of leaven um, that gets worked through a large amount of flour and influences the whole thing. And so here, the focus is on the power of the kingdom of heaven to influence, even though it's small and inconspicuous. Then Matthew adds a little bit of an editorial note in verses 34 and 35. He says, all these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables, and he did not speak anything to them without a parable. And if you recall in our last session, Jesus explained why he speaks to them in parable. Part of it is 
to illustrate, but also it's to sort out who's who. What kind of heart do you have? How bad do you want it? Do you want to move from just being part of the crowd to being part of the group of disciples? And so he's speaking to them in parables for that reason. And Matthew notes that here in verse 34. And then he says in verse 35, this was so that was spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. I will open my mouth in parables. I will proclaim things hidden from since the foundation of the world. And that's from Psalm 78 2. And so Jesus is known as one who teaches in parables. Not uncommon. Uh, Jewish teachers taught in parables, but Jesus seemed to have made really a reputation for using them more often or more powerfully. Then, verse 36, he left the crowds and went into the house. Recall Jesus' explanation about parables that we saw in our last session, where he said that to those outside, that is those outside the kingdom, those outside the group that is gathered around Jesus, that is the crowds, those outside, he teaches in parables, Jesus says in his explanation earlier in chapter 13. But to you, that is his followers, the, the insiders, the ones who have moved from the outside to the inside, to you, he says, the mysteries of the kingdom are going to be given. So Jesus leaves the crowds, he goes into the house, and he's going to explain one of his parables to his disciples, the insiders, those who get the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And his disciples came to him and said, as verse 36 goes on, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. That is the parable where there, an enemy came and sowed weed seed among the good seed. Explain that parable to us. And so here's Jesus' explanation. He said, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. And that is Jesus himself. So Jesus in this parable, he's the man out there casting the good seed of the kingdom of heaven. And verse 38, the field is the world and the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom. So the good seed are those who hear the word, take it into themselves and spring up. And so they're the sons of the kingdom. The weeds, the ones that start out looking like wheat, but then all of a sudden when the grain comes on, it's clear they're not. The weeds, they are the sons of the evil one. And recall in the parable how these two are intermixed. They grow up side by side. And this indicates that from now on, from Jesus' time till the end, there will be sons of the evil one mixed in with sons of the kingdom and posing as them. And Jesus is going to have to sort all that out in the end. So that's important to note. He goes on in verse 39 and he says, And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. So that's the enemy of the kingdom. The enemy of the kingdom that causes this confusion and plants these false uh, members of the kingdom is the devil, the great enemy of God. And the harvest, Jesus says, is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. So now we have all the details for how the parable works, and we can go back and read the parable and make sense of it. And what we get is that Jesus is out there sowing uh, seeds for the kingdom. People are responding, and they're coming into the kingdom. The devil wants to create confusion and problems, and so he also sows some seed. And so then you have posers mixing uh, in with the real sons of the kingdom, and it's causing all sorts of problem. And at the end of the age, Jesus is going to send forth his angels and they are going to gather out of his kingdom all the weeds and they're going to lead the true members of the kingdom into their eternal glory. 
And so he says in verse 40, So just as the weeds are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom. Notice that phrase, gather out of the kingdom. That's because they've been intermixed in and posing as kingdom people when they're really not. So they're going to be gathered out of it, taken out of it and removed. They're going to be gathered out of his kingdom, all stumbling blocks, and those who commit lawlessness. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And so notice how this is going to work. The righteous are going to remain and the wicked, uh, those who commit lawlessness and who have been stumbling blocks and stirring up problems, posing and causing people to reject the kingdom, right? And all of that, they're going to be taken out of that. And the righteous are going to shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father, which may be an allusion to Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Or it could be just common language to refer to the future glory of God's kingdom people, based maybe on Daniel 12 and other places like that. But that's the point. Those who belong to the kingdom are going to radiate the very glory of God in God's eternal kingdom. And then Jesus ends the whole teaching by saying, the one who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this is the call of the parables. They intend to challenge people to listen, to listen closely and to think until they actually hear and understand. And so Jesus frequently will end his parables with that kind of line. The one who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you really hear? Are you really interested in trying to understand and trying to draw near and figure this out? So what have we learned in this section about the kingdom from the three parables here? Well, one of the things we've learned is that the kingdom will consist of true disciples and false disciples due to the work of the devil. And that's going to exist all the way till the end. So you're going to have this intermixing between the true followers of, of Jesus and ones that are just posing as that due to the work of the devil. We've also learned that the kingdom is going to start small and grow large. And that's what's happening in Jesus' day, right? You have a very small little kingdom gathered around Jesus himself. But through the work of the apostles afterwards, it grows larger and larger and larger until it's now all throughout the world. And so the kingdom will start small and grow large. And indeed, it has done that. And the third thing we learn from the parables here is that the kingdom will appear small and insignificant, but it will have powerful influence, right? It'll, in comparison to all that flour, this leaven is going to have powerful influence. So the kingdom may seem small and insignificant, but it will have powerful influence. And that's what we learn about the kingdom of heaven here in Matthew 13, 24 through 43. All right, thanks for tuning in to this session on the Listener's Commentary on the Gospel of Matthew. The Listener's Commentary is a listener-supported, crowd-funded Bible teaching ministry that is only possible because of the generous support of tons of people just like you. So thanks a lot for your support. Uh, may God bless you for it. If you have been blessed or impacted by this ministry in some way, would you prayerfully consider joining the team of supporters by going to listenerscommentary.com and clicking the Give button, and it'll redirect you to a page where you can put in a dollar amount, click a little box that says Make This Monthly, so you can give either a one-time donation or a recurring monthly donation as well. Thanks a ton for your support.